like some of the other items, I'm going, eh, it'd be nice if you could do something different. No, no, you're right. There's, you know, there's a catch 22 because Disney fans love when you make change to things as long as everything stays the same. <laughs> hey, it's true. back, everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. And uh, Sam, you're in your uh, Mickey Green room there. And uh, how are things going? Things are going good today. As I was telling our guests, uh, Nathan's a little under the weather, as you know, Brian. So we've basically been in our jammies all day, just kind of hanging out at home watching TV. So yeah, not too not too bad. I can't really complain too much. Although it's not sunny outside, it's also not raining. So that's, uh, you know, another bonus here for the Seattle weather. I wish we could say we were watching Disney Plus, but we are not. We were watching a little HBO Max, but hey, yeah. <laughs> we watched we watched all the Disney Plus we could handle yesterday, I think, with uh, Big yes. Shot and the new Mighty Ducks series out. So yeah, yeah. But we are excited. We're joined by two guests today to talk a little Bermuda cruising. And uh, so I'm excited about that because I don't think we've actually had anyone on the show that's been to Bermuda before. And so excited to welcome Courtney and Becca to the show. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having us. Hello. Thank you. I'm especially excited to talk about sailing out of New York City because I grew up in the suburbs of New York City, yet I have never sailed on a cruise out of New York. So I have been on, you know, like one of those Circle Line cruises and things like that. I've been to the Statue of Liberty, but not never a real cruise ship out of New York. So I think that that is always a, a cool experience. And uh, something I've always wanted to do. So I'm excited to talk to you guys about that too. Yeah, well, but we had to start with, as we always do, our guests' cruising backgrounds, Disney cruising backgrounds. And so, Courtney, I know you extent sent me an extensive list of cruises that you'd been on. Uh, so why don't we start with you? What is your background with Disney Cruise Line, cruising in general, uh, maybe where your love of Dis Disney comes from? So I've done, this was cruise number six, all with Disney. I've hit all of the four older ships, I've done the Fantasy for an Eastern and a Western Caribbean. I've done Key West, Bahamas, Bermuda. I love Castaway Key. My love for Disney definitely started when I was younger. My parents took me at a very young age. So, so yeah, I, Disney I is that. there. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely Disney-fied. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. What about you, Becca? I've done about seven Disney cruises now. And I've also done a one Norwegian cruise and I have done one Carnival cruise. Seventh cruise, which was the Bermuda cruise, was my second time going to Bermuda. Uh, the first time I went to Bermuda was on a Norwegian cruise both of them out of uh, New York. So a little bit different, each one. Uh, other than that, I mean, I've been on the Fantasy, the Wonder, now the Magic, and the Dream. Finally, I did that last November. <laughs> now, when you guys cruise, do you usually cruise together? Mostly we have. Yeah. Other than her Norwegian cruise and her Carnival cruise, and her dream cruise in November, and I had a dream cruise. All the other cruises, I think we've done together with all of our, with my family and then with our mom and dad. Oh, nice. So six Disney cruises together, and then each of you did have done a dream cruise separately. Wow, that's awesome. I'm curious, before we start talking about Bermuda, I noticed in your roster, and you mentioned just now that you had sailed to Key West which is a port that uh, was not available for a while, is available, although I don't know that Disney has plans to return to Key West. Virgin Voyages is stopping there right now. But I'm just curious, what was the experience like sailing into Key West? We were supposed to be on a cruise that went to Key West ages ago and obviously actually got completely canceled. And then I think they changed the itinerary on the rebooked version and eliminated Key West. But I'm curious, what was Key West like to visit from a cruise ship perspective? Maybe let me throw that to you, Courtney. Right. Oh my God. That was so. I remember that was our November of 2015 cruise. Oh, wow. This was a while ago. That, on the Magic. So that was the second. So it was my first time on the Magic. And my parents, just, my mother decided we're going to add that cruise on to a Disney trip. So that's how that all sprang. But as far as Key West goes, we came into the Coast Guard yard there and they bust us or trolleyed us into the square. And from what I recall, we did like a trolley type scenic 
stop on and off thing where they could let you off at a stop. You could go do something else, get back on. Actually, it was fun because they gave a lot of history, too. And they, of course, they told their usual jokes and stuff. We hit the butterfly conservatory, which I love because I had a butterfly land on me. And they say that's good luck. So, and then we took a picture at the southernmost point, just like everybody else does, even though technically that's not the southernmost point where the drum thing is at or whatever you want to call it. Oh, is that right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah um apparently it's like further down i don't remember now where they said exactly where it was at and then i remember being on the trolley and doing a quick turnaround on my seat to snap a picture of the mile zero for u.s route one that's wow. pretty cool so. that is really cool now becca were you on this cruise as well yes yes i was what did you think about the QS port stop? I did like it. I remember whatever the time of year was, it was a good time to go because it wasn't unbearably humid. It wasn't that like hot. It was just a nice warm temperature. The weather was absolutely beautiful. It wasn't as crowded either, which was definitely a plus because Key West can get obnoxious with a whole bunch of tourists when they're in town. We did come into the uh, Coast Guard base. And actually, I want to say that that base is the southernmost point. So if you do happen to get docked in there, then you'll be at the southernmost point. Just walk all the way to the back of the ship or the front of the ship, depending on which place you're and you're good. Yeah. <laughs> the joke I remember from the trolley, uh, gentlemen, you are closer to Cuba than you are to Walmart in Key West. <laughs> so that was a good one. I did enjoy that. But I mean, the train or trolley ride was actually nice because just that little trip alone, you got to see some of the buildings that were there. Uh, Some of the quarters, of course, for the people, men and women who are serving our country right now that live right there. I was very jealous of them because some of those homes are very nice and they're living in (laughs) Key West versus Hawaii, though. I think I still might choose Hawaii. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, maybe. Well, it's it's just interesting to hear about the Key West port stop because uh, I I don't know that Disney will go back there. Uh, I know the uh, locals are not super excited to have cruise ships sailing in and out of their port for a variety of reasons, a lot of reasons. So uh, no judgment on whether or not Disney goes in or out of there. Just wanted to hear what it was like because we didn't get a chance to experience it ourselves. And so uh, glad to hear that it was a it was a fun port stop while it lasted. But let's shift gears. Let's talk about Bermuda a little bit here. So, Courtney, Becca, are you do you live in the New York area? Is that how you chose this New York sailing or did you just decide how did you decide upon a sailing out of uh, New York? Not not a typical port uh, to sail Disney out of, although they do routinely sail out of there. But yeah, I'm curious, how did you choose a sailing out of New York? What drove you to that? Both live in Maryland and we normally would technically cruise like out of Port Canaveral. We've done one out of Miami. Actually, the Key West one went out of Miami. But as far as New York went, I think pretty much it became because we decided to make this one a girls cruise and we didn't want to have to make it maybe a little bit cheaper for us where we could just drive to New York the four hours instead of having to drive the 14, 16 hours down to Port Canaveral and make it a longer trip. Just has kind of worked out for us time-wise, I think better closer to home. Yeah. Well, we have definitely done the drive from Maryland to New York. So it's uh, it's much faster than the flight, at least from Seattle to Port Canaveral. But I can't comment on the flight from BWI down to Port Canaveral. But uh, I think it's always nice to drive to the port if you can. So that's a bonus. Did you go in the day before? Or did you drive in the day of for the New York sailing? We went in the day before. We actually okay. ended up staying at the Meadowlands, at one of the hotels, which was great. We're from Maryland. Now, granted, I am not a Ravens fan. I am a Packers fan, but the Ravens were playing the next day. (laughs) So the hotel, the surrounding, like when we went out to eat, et cetera, there were a lot of Baltimore fans who came up for the game against the Giants, I believe it was, because the stadium shares, of course, with the Jets. Yes, Jets and the Giants both play at the Meadowlands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Technically, it's in New Jersey, the Meadowlands, but (laughs) all of us New Yorkers always remind people of that. Technically, that's You know exactly where the boundary between New York and New Jersey is at all times. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's why technically the Statue of Liberty is in New Jersey. Just spoiler. (laughs) And yet you visited there? I can't can't believe it. Yeah, New York claims it. It, but it is actually technically based on the borders of the states. It was actually technically in New Jersey. Yeah. What's the parking situation in New York for for cruise? Because I, I don't even know which port you guys leave out of. 
um, on Disney Cruise Line or frankly, all the other the other cruise ships. But I'm curious as to what were, what were your options for parking near the port or or someplace else? And where is the port? I think that's the other question. Yeah, it's the Manhattan Cruise Terminal. And it's actually just a couple spots up for where from where the Intrepid is ported oh, at. Cool. Yeah. At one point, my mom had this grand idea that we were going to take some ferry from New Jersey over to New York and then walk the eight blocks with our luggage. And I'm like, you gave me issues when we did something similar in Vancouver. We're not doing that again. <laughs> so we decided like, we're going to park at the port, which was actually easy. Um, the scariest part, of course, was going through the Lincoln Tunnel and then dealing with traffic. Driving in New York City. Yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> Dri- driving in Manhattan is a, let's call it an excursion of its own, right? It's kind of a scary excursion. It's the wildest ride in the West. Yeah. <laughs> actually, the East, I guess. In the, the Northeast. East. Yeah. In the Northeast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So it was ended up being, I think it was $40 a day to park at the port. Okay, that's not terrible. And actually we got there because we were all scared. Like, okay, did we get there early enough? How long is it going to take us to get through the tunnel? Really no issues. And maybe because it was a Sunday morning. Yeah. We um, got to the port, got parked. They had, they actually charge you. They have you turn your car off and they had a dog pretty much sniff around your car. Mm-hmm. And then we got to turn the car back on and actually go park. Yeah. They have bomb, sn- bomb sniffing dogs. It's New York City. You know, they don't want somebody parking yep. their car for several days and being away. And how does a terminal compare in New York to it sounds like you've been out of Vancouver, which is a very lovely sort of terminal from a convention center standpoint. It's not like a bespoke cruise terminal. I, d- I don't think it's shared with the convention center. You know, we've sailed out of San Diego. I don't know if you have, but they've, they've got basically a warehouse space in downtown that you load and unload into. Uh, so where does the New York City port fall in terms of uh, what is that experience like? It's somewhere in between the San Diego one and the Vancouver one, because okay. I've been to the San Diego one as well. I did a Panama Canal cruise with Disney, and that's where we came out of. It's a little on the older side. It needs a little love, just a little bit. <laughs> Fair enough. But it's nicer than the San Diego one. But yes. just not as nice as Vancouver. That's I mean, right. that's not bad. It sounds like most New York City subway stations to me. It needs a <laughs> it needs a little love. Uh, it needs a little love. But that's where like you see the rats running around, Brian. So I'm guessing it wasn't that bad. I yeah. worry more about the summertime stench in the New York City subway stations right. than I do the rats. Right. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> was it a smooth process to get through the port and onto the ship? It was a little special. Really nice thing about parking right there at the port is they do have the porters that are right there. So before you go down, you don't have to take the luggage down the elevator with you. You can just give it to them there and they'll go ahead using the same elevator. So we happen to be on the elevator with our luggage anyways, but we didn't have to take care of it. But what they had us do is as soon as we went down to the main terminal area, they had everybody go outside. And it was a little bit cold that day. Most of us are dressed, ready to get on a Bermuda cruise. Right. This is New York City in October, right? I mean, you just got back from this this sailing, right? I mean, the w- when was this in October? October sixteenth uh, to the twenty first. Yeah. So you're 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 fresh off the boat, so to speak, from that sailing. So yeah, New York City in October. I would, I, yeah, uh, yeah right. the layers might be appropriate. Yeah, it's tall. <laughs> it's a little bit, at least a hoodie or something. Right. 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 It's the same in Maryland. It's, you know, it's fall weather. It's you know a little crisp. <laughs> You're not wearing T-shirts and shorts any longer. You're wearing long sleeves and maybe a light jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Except when you're like expecting to get on a cruise ship and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to Bermuda and you forget. Yeah, you get a little bit of time before you get to Bermuda. Right. Was not expecting to have to go outside. Once we took the elevator down and they were like, oh, go outside, everyone. I'm going, oh, fabulous. So we all lined up uh, along drop-off zone, the pickup drop-off zone. I was surprised that they didn't use the speakers to announce when people could enter the port of arrival times. They didn't do that. Instead, they were just yelling. Shouting (laughs) the line. Exactly. (laughs) New Yorkers yelling? Oh my goodness. (laughs) 11 o'clock. Come on down. At least us New Yorkers, we have loud voices so we can really project. So it's, you know, we don't even need microphones. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but I will say they started announcing the arrivals before 11, probably about 10 of. And then 
wasn't waiting very long after that. Like every five minutes, they were calling the next group to mm-hmm. come on in. Right. It was very smooth. Once a whole bunch of people were in there, I want to say we maybe sat down after we did our check-in about 10, 15 minutes, and then they started to announce people to board. We might have, because it took a lot. So once we finally got called in to come in, it was a lot of, which paper do you want to scan? It's like our port arrival form, our Bermuda authorization form. I just remember constantly having to pull forms out every two feet going, okay, which one is it this time? Because we still had to test for this cruise too beforehand. What's the Bermuda authorization form? Tell us about that because we didn't, we've not sailed to Bermuda. And I know, I know the reason that Disney did not drop the, the uh, testing requirements before the sailings to Bermuda was because Bermuda was requiring it. It wasn't actually Disney Cruise Line. So the magic was the last, in fact, actually, I think we've got about one more week from the day that we're recording. I think we've got about one more week before the magic drops all of her um, restrictions. Yeah. What's this Bermuda authorization? Because I know that that's something different. Yeah. So pretty much it was the form that we had to fill out and submit so that we could get off the ship in Bermuda. Mm -hmm. We had to go to their travel page. I can't remember what the URL or anything was at this point and pretty much fill in our information, even our passport ID number. I know that was on there. I think it was up to 30 days before we arrived and had to pay $40 for it. We submitted the form and I think within a week I had my approval Mm -hmm. and I just printed the form. We pretty much all just printed our forms off so that we had them. And even when we were at the port, they were, as we were standing outside, I remember them kind of going down the line saying, did you fill out your form? Did you fill out your form? Did you fill out your form? Because the one thing Disney did not do with this cruise is they weren't very vocal. I think there was maybe one email out before, maybe two before this cruise mentioning this form Mm. and having to do it. We just were very blessed that in our Facebook cruise group, it was brought up. So we knew about it where I think other people might not have known about. Yeah. And this is this is something we talk about a lot that some some countries and even this is what happened with Hawaii when they sort of reopened post, I guess it was still during the pandemic, but when certain places reopened their borders uh, to allow cruise ships or vacationers to come, they have some have required specific proof of vaccination status or proof of tests or just even filling out a travel form. So that's one thing, you know, if you are going any place and particularly internationally on a cruise, it's really important to be reading those. Know before you go, the emails, check your Facebook groups, like all those things are super helpful for figuring out what you what you need to do in advance. So that's a uh, super helpful information. So so yeah, they we got the approval and then of course it was pending our COVID test that we had to do beforehand. So it was like we were not sure, do we print off our test results before we leave my sister's house? Because we all met at her house when we left. And it's like, or don't we? Yeah, yeah. better be safe, right? Better be safe than <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, you mentioned the check-in process went relatively smoothly, except for the fact of having to constantly change which forms you had <laughs> open in your hands. Uh, but how was their process of actually, you know, boarding onto the ship in New York? And what I mean by that is, were you able to board on atrium level or do you have to come in on a different level? So, yeah, we were actually able to come in on the atrium level. Of course, as usual, I had my phone out videoing as we were on and when they announced the sign and um, Pluto was there waving everybody on. And it was funny. It happened so fast. I'm like, was the Halloween tree there? Did I miss it? It's like I was so focused and I saw Pluto and they scooched us on in the fathoms. And I'm like, I completely missed the tree. (laughs) (laughs) So I went back in the video. I'm like, oh, okay, it was there. Plenty of time to get pictures, though, in video later, right? <laughs> yeah. But where do you guys go after you do your, you know, you, you get onto the ship? I assume rooms are probably not ready at this point. So do you guys go get some food, check out the ship? I know you've been on the ship before, but um, do you go get some views of New York City from the ship? What's what's the plan? We did lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we went and got food. And actually, we had kind of all agreed before we got on the ship to go do the sit-down lunch to avoid the craziness of cabanas. Yeah. Because we just wanted a mellow, quiet lunch. Is that your typical, or do you normally go to cabanas? 
it just depends on who we were cruising with. Mm-hmm. Since this one was just a girl's cruise, it was the two of us, my mother, our aunt, and our cousin. It just seemed to make more sense than dealing with the kids and going up to cabanas and they could run around and figure out what they want. And my son could get all the shrimp he wants. So I do think, you know, cabanas, even though it's a little harder with kids, particularly younger kids, just because you've got to carry like their food for them and stuff. You know, there's more options for the kids and they can kind of pick out, you know, little bits of what they want, what they don't want, that kind of thing. So that part is a little easier, even though the I think the logistics might be a little bit more tough. So where where was uh where was lunch uh on the ship? This was on the Magic So Rapunzel's or Lumiere? So yeah, it was in Rapunzel's, which kind of made it nice for us because since this was a five night cruise, we only were gonna be in Rapunzel's once. Mm. This gave us our second option to be in the restaurant twice. And actually the last time we were on the ship it was still karaoke, so it was nice to actually see Rapunzel's this time. <laughs> oh yeah. So you had been on pre retrofit and so yeah, there were some definitely obviously it's a very different restaurant being Rapunzel's, yeah. So let's talk about sailing out of New York. Did you guys go up on deck to watch, you know, sail away out of New York City? I imagine that that's kind of an iconic uh, sail away, a little different than some of the other ports. So we did a little bit because we had early seating Uh and I think they were running a little bit behind. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to say we were actually next to the Norwegian breakaway and they pulled out before us. But once they had pulled out and cleared... Uh, they were like, all right, let's go. Uh, so I want to say that they were a little behind schedule. I'm not sure, of course, why. But yeah, we were able to really, the best view is to get up the top of the ship, do the whole front thing and watch it. I got a beautiful picture. I do need to see about if people are good with Photoshop skills because of course I've got a pole on the one side. Yeah. But other than that, I've got this beautiful New York skyline and you see just down the Hudson a little bit. The sun was just hitting the buildings perfectly. So it was a great time to be at the top of the the ship going out of port. And usually you would see Lady Liberty to the right of you or New Jersey, if you want. <laughs> um, and you go under all the bridges and it's just, it is, it's really beautiful and really nice when you're able to do it. But because of early seating, we weren't able to stay up for all of that. Yeah, I was a little disappointed. I was like, I wanted to see the Statue of Liberty again because, again, I hadn't seen it in, oh my God, 30, 40 years now. And the last time I'd seen it, it was in scaffolding for an anniversary, I think back in 86. When I did a circle line around Manhattan, that was the most boringest boat ride ever. Yeah, so it was great. I sat there with the camera. Actually, I FaceTimed my kids because my oldest loves talking about buildings and tra- trains are his thing but i facetimed him a little bit so he could see as we were leaving just getting that view and took lots of pictures and then as we got past the intrepid i was taking pictures again i'm like probably the space shuttle underneath that dome thing which i've seen before because we saw it when it was down here in dulles and so yeah it was definitely interesting seeing on my youngest who wants to be a pilot i'm like man he would love to have seen the intrepid we might have to take another trip back up to take him there just to see the planes that are on there yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, maybe book another sailing out of New York. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should talk about some of the things you ladies got up to on board the Disney Magic. Tell us what kinds of things you got up to on the ship. So before we even sailed out of port, what did we go do? Disney trivia. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So, yeah, and it was great because it came down between us and another group for a tiebreaker. And thanks to my lovely rethinking certain things going, this is the year we're picking. Because the question was, what year did the live action of 101 Dalmatians release, was released? And I took it, I'm like, I know it was after I met my current husband and we had started dating. It was before we got married. So I went in between and we won. Nice. Amazing. That's awesome. 
So when we were at the sailaway party, we're sitting there wearing our winner's ribbon because we were the first winners of the cruise. And we had some of the cast members and they were all like waving to us and then like pointing at us going, good job. And <laughs> so we definitely enjoyed our trip. We did the Disney trivia. We also won on a TV Toons trivia. So you guys are big <laughs> trivia fans. Was the weather nice enough for you to kind of get any pool deck time before you, of course, get down to Bermuda? Right outside New York, still cold, nice and sunny, uh, but mm-hmm. still a little bit on the chillier side. It wasn't terrible, though. Like you could wear shorts and a T-shirt. I mean, of course, let's face it, there's a lot of us that were used to that type of weather anyway. So mm-hmm. we'll just wear a bathing suit and be like, oh, the sun is warm. But Yes. Otherwise, it, it was nice. Uh, definitely did get some pool time in, even though it doesn't look like it. I feel like my little tan did go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one thing I know, our mom had said that the water was warm. And for the water to be warm for my mother, who is like, doesn't go in the pool unless it's bath water. I'm like, oh, it's going to be too warm for me then because I know Disney heats the pools. Yes. So I did not actually get in any pool time and I was just out on the deck with them for a little bit because I had a spa appointment that day. Oh, nice. So I got me my, I think we all ended up getting massages in and I let them meet me up because I get the bamboo massage, oh, which everyone's brave. like, how can you go through that? You are, I'm like, you're brave, Courtney. Love it. <laughs> you like the I'm abuse. Just like, <laughs> those kinks out. There was one point when I guess she was hit with my hamstring that I was like, ow. <laughs> but other than that, it was like, I was, yeah, it was like, I'm a wimp when it comes to the bamboo. I did one of those, um, one of the massages where they try out each thing, you know, is partial. Part of it is bamboo, part of it is hot stone, and part of it is just like Swedish. They started with, you know, they tried to do the bamboo, and I was like, nope. Let's go back to the hot stone because it was even just like for a minute, it was way too much for me. But that's awesome. Well, what was your first? um, Well, I guess you have two ports. Is that right? Two port stops on this cruise? No, actually, it was Bermuda for the two days. We stayed in port overnight, which was great for Becca because she needed, I think, that good night rest without the rocking of the ship. Yeah, I get motion sickness. Uh And for some reason, this trip was really. Someone was not liking me during this trip. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I do take the Dramamine, though. That's like my go-to choice every single time. But they also make ginger chews, so I was popping those left and right during the whole trip. And I did start to feel better once we were docked (laughs) overnight. So that was lovely. I hear that the you're going pretty fast. I think I wonder if that had something to do with it because when you it's a pretty long distance going from New York all the way to Bermuda and so and they're really doing it in a you know a day and a half. You're you're leaving in the evening or you know early evening late afternoon and then you're at sea for a full day but then you're at port by the next morning. So they have to book it pretty fast. So I wonder if that might have impacted the rough it might have and I, it made for an interesting fireworks pirate show coming back because we had left port and we had pirate night and i'm one who will normally sit there and video the fireworks well normally they slow down or almost stop mm-hmm. is what we're normally used to well he did it and we didn't have because mickey will normally come ziplining across to start the fireworks he didn't he came out on the stage and i'm sitting there with my phone trying to video and take pictures of the fireworks and holding on to the railing and then letting go of the railing and swaying back and forth <laughs> not trying to lose my phone and holding back on switching hands it was it was an interesting recording of my fireworks <laughs> yeah he was trying to avoid a storm as well that mm-hmm. night uh, so that's also one of the reasons why he was really booking it and just feeling of the ship. I did not go to the fireworks. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm surprised they didn't cancel the fireworks because sometimes they do that when they've got to, you know, book it back somewhere or they, you know, they just don't have time because they do have to slow down to some degree. I'm sure he was going faster than is normal for them, but like they do have to slow down to some degree and they have to be a certain distance, obviously, away from from land to do them and, and all of that. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That sounds like a little bit of a rough one, but I I would love to know about Bermuda. You know, it's someplace I haven't been. Brian, have you been to Bermuda? I have never been to Bermuda. No. So I'm I'm really curious to hear what Bermuda was like. What time do you get into Bermuda? And then what time do you leave the the following day? We were in early, weren't we in like 
I think originally we were supposed to be until 10, but I thought we were kind of in when I got up that morning around 8 or 9. And the one thing with going out there was we had to put our clocks ahead. So we had to jump ahead an hour. I remember waking up because I'm the one who slept on the couch, which actually for me was great. And I remember kind of peeking out and seeing land and then probably was about 8.30 or 9 o'clock, I think, that morning we're getting in. And then when we left on... Wednesday, I think we left around four. I, I want to say I remember seeing the tugs getting us in position in the port uh, that morning. And I want to say they were putting us in place around nine o'clock. I think they gave the all ashore around 10 or so, I believe. I know it was sometime right after breakfast. Breakfast was really packed in cabanas that morning. Yeah, everybody's ready to get off the ship after that full day at sea. How many people were on the magic for your sailing, if you know? Per our head server, I think he said about 1,600, which I was surprised because we looked packed on Pirates Night. I'm like, you sure we're not a full ship? (laughs) He said that we were still not full capacity just yet. But I remember him saying in a couple more sailings, they were going to be full capacity. Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash L Duo, so they know we sent you their way. Thanks, My Path Unwinding, for sponsoring the show. And with that, back to our episode. So what kind of activities were offered in Bermuda? Were they kind of like the typical range of activities you'd see in the Caribbean? You know, beach excursions, maybe some, I don't know, some active excursions like scuba diving or zip lining or things like that. But like, were there any... And rum tours and things like yeah, that. Like what, yeah, what kind of excursions were offered and, and how did you go about figuring out what it, you wanted to do in Bermuda? They do. They definitely offer the snorkeling, the scuba diving, and because it's Bermuda... So it's the shipwrecks is what they're really offering for the scuba diving and snorkeling and such. They, of course, have the go sea fish with the glass bottom boat. The only rum thing, which is really surprising because Bermuda is really known for Gosling's rum, um, Mm -hmm. dark and stormies and rum swizzles. So you'd think that there would be some sort of maybe like a cool factory tour or something like that. Nope. Uh, the only Gosling or any rum thing that they offered was a sunset cruise, which we didn't want to miss our dinner that night. I want to say that that was the night for the Grand Marnier Souffle, which you never want to miss for desserts. Um, we ended up uh, deciding not to do that one. Uh, now, our first day in Bermuda, before we even left, they said that the weather was like 50% going to be raining when we went there. That's always the chance you have. But the nice thing about islands, and most everyone knows who's been to some of those tropical islands before, is the weather comes and goes really fast. It was sunny when we decided to, we were actually going to go ahead and do a beach thing. And we were going to do that on our own because the nice thing about Bermuda is they have a good transportation system. And it's a relatively cheap transportation system. Uh, So once you locate wherever the bus stop is, you can generally get there. And of course, the most popular free beach is Horseshoe Bay, which Mm. is supposed to be the pink sand. It's really a hit and miss if you're going to see the pink sand. So it's not all the time always worth it to go to some of the beaches. And we ended up deciding to do a shopping thing just at the dockyard right there instead uh, instead of going to the beach, kind of glad we did because it did end up pouring rain for about a half hour while we were inside the building. Oh, so we would have gotten, well, I would have been already wet. Yeah, so you were you were nice and dry inside shopping and other people were out getting soaked at the beach. Yeah, yes, good. yes. Good luck there. <laughs> right. So there is a 
beach that's right there at the dock. It's a brand new beach. So they actually imported sand, not from Bermuda, by the way, to build that. And so the next day we had a driving tour. And so the gentleman who was our driver informed us that that actually used to be where they put some of their trash. So they built this (laughs) beach right on like a a uh, <laughs> and it costs money. So that beach is not free. And then to rent a chair was also costly. And so it's like, ooh, we didn't go to that beach now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. You know, I'm sure that a lot of people probably did go to that beach just for the convenience factor, right? Because it's if it's right there. But that's so interesting that it's built on a landfill or what used to be a landfill. Wow. How was the shopping at the port and how was the accessibility of the shopping to to where you were docked? I mean, was it right there like it is in parts of the Caribbean or? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's uh, right there. It's just a little walk down, probably, to be fair, probably a quarter mile walk tops, oh, nice. probably less than that. Uh, just from getting off the gangway and going through everything. Absolutely beautiful area, seeing the old Royal, I guess the old British Royal Navy Fort is what used to oh, be there. Cool. So it's really beautiful looking. They have a museum there as well. So we didn't go to it, but I'm sure they tell you more about the area. Getting on and off the ship because you're overnighted at the port. Could you kind of come and go onto the ship as you please throughout the day and then into the, of course, the next morning? Or I should say throughout the day and the night into the next morning. Like, did they or did they have specific times when they were open for embarking? and disembarking. I believe it was you could come and go as you please. I do know that there were quite a few people on our cruise who decided to make use of that overnight. So they mm-hmm. actually got a all-inclusive hotel uh, for the mm-hmm. night. And that really worked out for them because that would be all-inclusive. So it'd be food, then your beach stay. So you were paying for one of the nice beaches. And then of course, just staying in a nice hotel. And it really worked out for them doing that and then just coming back on the next day. You know, I feel like it's a good option because of the beach access and obviously having that all-inclusive excursion during the day. But I feel like you're missing so much because you get all the Disney on the ship. You're not going to get any of the Disney at that resort. But I understand. I mean, that's me speaking as somebody I know, like Courtney, you would never do that, right? You would. You, no, no, yeah. no. And that was why one of the reasons we didn't do the Gosling's uh, Sunset Cruise was because we didn't want to miss our already paid for dinner on the cruise. And I didn't want to miss any adult entertainment that night. I love it. I love it. So Courtney, you are going to pop and match your mate and 80s music trivia, 90s music trivia and all that stuff that happens in it's not Azure. What's the name of that? Fathoms. Azure is the one on the wonder, but I don't that's the one I've been on right. more. So I, I always think of it as Azure. But yeah, Fathoms. So you're, you're going to Fathoms every night, right? Yes, I was. And the first night it was match your mate, which I never miss because I love Match your mate. And then they also did majority rules that night. We had a round of oh snippets, which I made into round two myself. So that was actually fun. Could you book two excursions, like like one for each day that you were in port or were they only offering them on one day or the other? So it's interesting that you said that because in the beginning, when it was leading up to the cruise, at first it was only the one day that you could book, which is really interesting. We kept going, why couldn't we book the first day? What's going on? And as it got closer and closer to the cruise, I guess maybe when they finalized the time that we would be getting in, Mm-hmm. possibly. And then all of the port adventures opened up for the day before. So that did kind of happen. We're like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> that is weird. Cause obviously people will, you know, a lot of people will pay for port adventures for both days. Even if you're at the same port, they'll just, you know, choose different port adventures for each day. Yeah. yeah but it's a, it's a good reminder, I think, cause we've had cruises, maybe not where they haven't had a port adventure available for port adventures available for the entire day, but where it feels like, oh, there's a limited set of port adventures. That's weird. Why isn't this one here and then you go back and check you know a couple months before the sailing and suddenly oh that adventure you wanted is there and i do i do think it has to do with negotiating with the ports or negotiating with the tour providers we on our 11 night sailing for instance there was a catamaran mm-hmm. excursion we really really wanted to do it wasn't offered we booked something else and then like a couple months before the sailing suddenly lo and behold there was the catamaran excursion uh, up and available and so we were able to book it so always a good idea to constantly check in on those port adventures disney keeps a full list of everything that's really sort of ever been offered 
offered at the ports up on their website. And it's usually much broader than what is included on any particular sailing. So Mm -hmm. if you see something while you're researching a port adventure and you're like, oh, I really want to do that and it's not available... I say just keep checking back in occasionally and see if it uh, becomes available. But yeah, yeah, I yeah. Fi- I also find the Facebook groups are really good for that. In that, mm-hmm. oftentimes I might not notice, but somebody else who's on our, our cruise will have noticed that. Oh, there's a bunch more excursions that have popped up on you know on the app, and so I'll know to go and check and see what's available. So that's a, you know another thing. If you're not as on top of it, some I bet somebody else in your cruise group is if you're on that Facebook page. So that's another, I think, good tip. I will say being docked where we were docked is actually, it's really great because one, there is a whole bunch of people. If you didn't book an excursion through Disney, they're all right there waiting for you. So you could always (laughs) wait through there. But then there is a scooter rental just right down there at the dockyard, I will advise. So something I learned from my previous cruise when I did a tour, the one person said, be careful with the scooters because those are usually stolen quite often. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, okay. And also in Bermuda, they do drive on the opposite side because Bermuda being- it was a British territory. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. So other than that, that is definitely, if you are looking to do your own thing in Bermuda and just getting around and doing whatever, definitely recommend that. But Bermuda is also only one lane for all of their roads. So you will not really be able to pass people very often. So just be aware and mindful. And there's also really no shoulders. So yeah, I'm going to also tell you that one of our very close friends got very badly injured riding a rental scooter. I believe it was in Hawaii when she was traveling. And so I don't know that scooters are, you know, the best or safest mode of transportation. I mean, I guess if you're, if you're somebody who's experienced maybe with riding motorcycles, a scooter is probably like nothing to you, but I'll be honest, I'm not somebody who's going to go rent a scooter. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I kind of want a really cool Vespa scooter, I have always wanted one, but I've never actually driven one. (laughs) Me too. I'm the same. I would totally rent a scooter. I would totally rent a scooter. I also have my motorcycle endorsement though, so I I feel a little bit better about renting scooters. Yeah. Yeah. Any recommendations you have for folks who are headed to Bermuda who haven't who haven't been before? When we did the drive, they stopped in Hamilton and there was a liquor store there. And I've never done the name of my previous cruises actually went in purposely to go buy liquor. And I'm like, I'm going to go in and get some of the Gosling's rum so I can take it home and enjoy me a rum swizzle. Mm-hmm. They delivered it to your ship. You didn't have to carry it with you. So they took care of it all for you. Oh, they did the weird. check-in process. They told you what time you had to have it submitted by so it could get to your ship on time. That way you weren't leaving your paid for rum there That's for the associates awesome. to enjoy. Oh, yeah, wow. so they so they delivered it to the ship. And then awesome. we just had to pick it up when we debarked in um disembarked in New York. Oh, that's awesome. That so that is a great tip. I would not have known that. That is awesome. Becca, any anything we missed in talking about Bermuda that you feel like people should know? Do a driving tour. I mean, we did it. That was probably my second time doing a driving tour. And every time I take it, I always get learn something different, something new. For instance, the beaches. I mean, yes, Bermuda gets hit by hurricanes a lot and everyone goes, oh, there may not be a beach, but no, actually uh, it will. The next day or maybe two days later, that sand is all back. It's mostly all volcanic. Uh, The wind will get you. Uh, It is a very windy island. Uh, There are a lot of free beaches in Bermuda, so you don't have to really worry about paying for a beach if you don't want to. So that's Mm -hmm. something that's definitely good to know. Hamilton is okay. No offense to Hamilton. Uh, (laughs) We're not talking the Broadway show, but we are talking the same Hamilton. (laughs) I mean, I love Hamilton. (laughs) Um, But yes, the actual city itself, because it is, it's their capital. I mean, I live right next to Baltimore and it's definitely not it like a Baltimore, the, I want to say, was it 64,000 inhabitants or something of Bermuda? So it's definitely a small island and everyone pretty much knows everyone <laughs> in Bermuda. <laughs> As they were driving by, you could tell like some of the people were waving to the driver like, hey, what's up, chum? Um, <laughs> so yeah, they seemed to definitely know a lot of people there. It's expensive. Ooh, that's another thing oh. to warn people about with food. 
definitely food is expensive. So if you're looking to get like a personal size pizza, it was probably about 12 inches, maybe 13 inches, 14 inches max. And it was about $27 for just a cheese pizza. Cheese pizza. Wow. So it's we eat pizza really on the ship is what you're saying. Go to Pinocchio's yes. and eat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got it because we wanted to get dark and stormies or rum swizzles while we were there. But yeah, definitely super expensive. You're if you're gonna get any sort of chicken or even a burger, look to pay on the more upscale prices, mm-hmm. even though it may not be so much upscale. It sounds like Bermuda is a fun place to visit. I definitely, it's on my list of, of ports for us to get to at some point. Well, one thing we haven't talked about is, is dining. And, you know, we always love to talk about food, of course. You guys have been on the ships, you know, multiple times, but this was your first time experiencing Rapunzel's Royal Table. I'd love to hear what you thought about the show and the menu, because that's obviously completely new for you guys versus the other two dining rooms you, I'm sure, had had those menus before. Given where we were seated, it was kind of hard to see the stage because we were we had a pole in the way. I was, But we could still kind of hear them and interact as the thugs were coming around and doing their clap, stomp, quack, quack <laughs> thing. I made sure to drink. I got the smolder, <laughs> which I loved. It was like, you know, she pours it in and the cotton candy kind of melts. And I was like, oh, this is yummy. And then I know I got like the some type of potato soup. And I was like, oh, this is actually good. I like it better than the one at Animators. And I got the fish that night for dinner. For some reason, my first three nights, I got fish. Because my theory was, then I can get as many desserts as I want. <laughs> I, I love it. Okay, tonight is a two for or a three for, for the desserts because I want to try them all. I know, I know. I enjoyed it. I loved having the little bit of a dinner show. Tangled is actually one of my favorite uh, movies. But I loved, I loved the bread pudding that came out in a frying pan. Yes. <laughs> so I was like, ooh, this is so much fun. That was my favorite dessert there too. Yeah. So I I tended to only get one dessert most of the time. I did not, you know, indulge myself too much. But yeah, I mean, definitely the food itself, trying to remember what all I got that night, but the bread pudding pretty much just stood out. I think mainly because of the frying pan. Yes. And I just love bread pudding. Yeah. It's just a fun, a fun experience. We may or may not have one of those frying pans in our home. We may or may not. I'm not going to, I cannot confirm or deny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What did you guys think overall of the the food and the service in Maine Dining? You know, we've gotten mixed reports from folks about how food and service consistency has been since the restart. I mean, I know we've been, it's a while since the restart now. We've been, it's over a year, but they're still having staffing issues as far as having enough staff for particularly now they have five shifts. So curious as to whether or not you all experienced any glitches either in the food quality or in the service quality on board and particularly in dining. Our two servers were wonderful. They pretty much, you know, were ready for us to go every night. Like I said, I he I teased with our head server, not our head server, our server server, and pretty much said, you know, I'm going to get a two desserts tonight, three desserts tonight. Um, he pretty much was good with getting us anything we wanted. Both, um, his name was Frederick, and then oh, was it what was her? Vanessa was our assistant server. They were very accommodating. The only thing I had noticed as far as food quality was they were nice enough when we were at Animator's Palette to get us the Grand Marnier Souffle the second night. So we had it when we were in Triton's and then we also had it at Animator's. And the, um, uh, what do you call it? The stuff you pour in your souffle. Oh, the creme on the first glaze night, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The, right. I had noticed mine was maybe a little on the thicker side compared to the second night. Mm-hmm. And then second night it had a more i could taste the alcohol in it just a little bit more Mm -hmm. but other than that i didn't really have any issues with any of my any of my food it was a little lukewarm i will say a lot of the food that came out it wasn't really you know that nice hot especially Mm -hmm. the percets from animators palette which everyone Mm -hmm. likes those black truffle percets those when they came out i would say that they were a little on the like just pop them right on in your mouth. You probably could have picked them up with your fingers if you wanted to do that without any problems because they weren't 
really that warm. They still tasted great. Yeah, I I I don't mind them if they're not completely hot, but I will say I think they're better when they're hot. Right. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. We were not impressed with the pirate night food. We really rarely are. And we had mentioned to them that, oh, we're not really looking forward to the pirate food meal the night before. And so he said, all right, I'll get you something from my country. We're like, oh, I love that. Okay. All right. So he did. He gave us a curry chicken and something with lentils. I wish I could remember what it was exactly. So he gave us uh, two dishes uh, to try. Uh, They came with rice each and uh, some nice, good uh, okra, which most of us are not okra fans. But yeah, the spice that they had with it and just was a great dish. I was like, why don't they have this regularly? I don't understand. It was amazing. It was delicious. It's just one of those I wish that they would include it as an option. Change up the menu just a little bit. I feel like one of my biggest complaints with the big four Disney ships is their menus have pretty much been the same now for 10 plus years. And yes, some of those things are tried and true. Great. They get rid of that souffle and those percets, there will be an uprising. (laughs) That's right. But like some of the other items, I'm going, "Eh, it'd be nice if you could do something different. No, no, you're right. There's, you know, there's a catch 22 because Disney fans love when you make change to things as long as everything stays the same. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) So, yeah, I wish they would add some of that. I know that a lot of Americans are a little bit fearful of Indian food because it does have a lot of spice to it. Not necessarily hot, but it just has a lot of spice. Yeah, but I think some of those dishes are amazing. And I feel like there are a lot of us, particularly on Pirate Night, who would appreciate those other options. We're not big fans. That pirate night. We were cruising with my husband. I normally try to schedule pirate night for our night to go to Palo for dinner because I want my chocolate souffle. <laughs> See, speaking of Palo, did you guys hit up Palo on this cruise? Yes, we did. We did a brunch on the last sea day, nice. so which seemed to be perfect because it was just a nice way to kind of specially end the cruise. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I realized we forgot to ask about the shows and I since it had been a while since you had been on the magic, there has been some change to the shows, I imagine. Tangled, obviously, uh, uh, being a a newer show. It's not new, but it is newer. I don't know if you had seen Twice Charmed before, because that one was on there. And then Disney Dreams, those are probably the three shows you all had. Yeah, so those were were the three shows that were on there. And actually, what was interesting was when the, the last time we were on The Magic was right when Tangle started. And for some reason, we didn't go that night to see it. So on this cruise, I was determined to see Tangled. So when we got our navigator and I had seen that my spa appointment was the same night, I was like, oh, hence why I changed my massage. And I'm like, I'm not missing Tangled on this cruise. And I have to give credit to the actor who plays Flynn Rider because he is just all over that theater. I mean, from one end to the other, I'm like catching my breath as I just see him running around. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, we could talk about this cruise all night. Unfortunately, we have to start to wind things down. And so I need to hand you over to Sam for an arbitrary segment with arbitrary rules and some arbitrary questions or the round we like to call rapid fire. So, Sam, you want to take it away? Yes, absolutely. All right, Courtney and Becca, you all listen to the show. You know what this is. I'm going to ask you a couple of Disney favorites and then I'm going to ask you some Disney Cruise Line favorites. All right. Courtney, we'll start with you. Who is your favorite Disney or Pixar character? My favorite character is Winnie the Pooh. I wish they would put him on the cruise ships because I would be in heaven. Becca, what about you? Mushu. Oh, Mushu. I love him from Mulan. I love the sidekicks. Yeah, I love that. All right. Favorite Disney or Pixar movie? And we're going to start with Becca this time. I'm going to go with Brave this time. Ooh, that's a good one. Courtney, what about you? So the one I always got picked on growing up because I do nothing but cry at the end is Fox and the Hound. Oh, yes. Yes. I love a good cry, too. All right. Favorite Disney song, Courtney? Oh, that one is hard. But at this point, because of losing Angela Lansbury and Belle being my favorite princess, it's going to be Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yes. All right, Becca, your favorite Disney song. Uh, Would you like to build a snowman? 
<laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Okay. Favorite bar space on a Disney cruise ship. Now I'm going to open this up across the fleet. So Becca, what is your favorite bar space? Honestly, they're the same. They're just called different things, but O'Gills or Crown and Finn. Nice. Courtney, what about you? Cove Cafe. Nice. I know. I bet Becca likes the O'Gills or Crown and Finn because it's where trivia usually takes place. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Yes, I do. And it's also mostly green, which I love. So. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Favorite space on any of the ships, but not including a bar space. Okay. So Becca, let's start with you. Funnel vision area. Awesome. Yeah. Courtney? Paolo, because yeah. I love the food. <laughs> yeah. Well, who doesn't, right? I mean, I, I'm with you. All right. Favorite onboard activity. Courtney, we'll start with you. Disney trivia. Yeah. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to say that. <laughs> Becca, what about you? Uh, I love the music trivia. Nice. Very nice. So trivia aficionados. All right. Favorite rotational dining restaurant. Becca, we'll start with you. Animator's Palette. Nice. Courtney? Enchanted Garden. Oh, you don't hear too many people say Enchanted Garden. Interesting. All right. I love the sea bass there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is a good dish. All right. Aqua Duck versus Aqua Dunk. Duck. I've actually, I'm not brave enough to do the dunk. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Becca, what about you? I've done both, but I would have to say the duck. All right. Yes. I, the dunk is terrifying. Okay. Now, this is a very important question. Of the four ships that you have been on, which one is your favorite, Becca? Fantasy. Courtney? The same, the fantasy. Oh, look at that. We finally have a matching answer besides trivia. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, my final question, and you know I ask this every time, but bucket list cruise, you could go anywhere in the world on Disney Cruise Line does not even have, it doesn't even have to be a place that Disney Cruise Line currently sails. Courtney, where are you going? Oh, if one of these days my pocketbook hopefully will be able to afford it will be Greece and Italy. Oh, nice. yes. Ah, amazing. Becca, what about you? Antarctica. Ooh, you know, coming soon, we will have an episode talking about Adventures by Disney. It is not a technically a Disney cruise, but it is Adventures by Disney. It's small ship expedition cruising that Disney has obviously entered the market with. And so we will be talking about some of those itineraries that are out there. There's Antarctica, there's Arctic Circle, there's Galapagos, and now the Adriatic Sea as well. So super interesting uh, itineraries out there. But yeah, I would love to do, love to go to all of those places. Well, thanks, you guys, for playing my rapid fire, as Brian likes to say, you know, I like to judge people but you all you did great so congratulations on winning rapid fire yeah. you only quietly what, you only quietly judge this time you're only you're judging right, yourself right. But, you know way to, way to exercise restraint you know you're not always been able to do that or josh is out but, there having therapy about uh about truffle presets yeah right. um yeah that's right but where where are you guys sailing next you haven't do you have another cruise book did you book a placeholder of we course did. we have another one. <laughs> <laughs> it's another family one together. Um, this time on The Wish. Yeah. We're doing back-to-backs in June to celebrate. Um, my oldest graduated high school last year. My youngest graduates this coming year. So it is a grad cruise. Oh, fantastic. Them. Nice. And my youngest was so happy when we told him. He's like, yes, I get to go to the kids club one more time before he turns 18. Yes. And the, the clubs on The Wish are just fantastic. We'll have to have you guys back to to chat about The Wish after you get on. But we really appreciate you guys coming on and chatting with us about sailing from New York to Bermuda. So thanks. So thanks so much, you guys. Yeah. Thanks for having us. A big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. We do have another five-star review to read on the air this week from Apple Podcasts. This one comes from Jay McIntosh, who writes, Quite possibly the best podcast about Disney Cruise Line. When I started planning our family's first cruise aboard Disney Cruise Line, I expected to find a glut of podcast options, much like exist in the world of WDW trip planning. But the amount and quality of resources for savvy DCL trip planners is not nearly the same as the world of WDW. Enter DCL Duo. What makes this podcast compelling, besides helpful content, of course, is the quality of recording paired with the chemistry of the hosts. From each episode's first few seconds 
Sports Preview to the Tropical House intro music that makes me feel so happy, it's obvious that Brian and Sam have made a few small but key creative choices that give DCL Duo a unique feel, differentiating this podcast from its peers. The hosts have fun and obviously get a lot of joy from sharing their love of DCL with others, but will also shoot their listeners straight about the good, the bad, and the ugly from their point of view. Thanks, Brian and Sam. You've made this dad's job of planning our first sailing aboard the Disney Fantasy a lot more enjoyable. Well, thank you for that review. We really, really appreciate it. And glad you've picked up on a few of the creative choices we've made over here to differentiate our show from some of the others out there. We really appreciate that. And yes, we will always try to be honest and balanced in our reviews, despite our enthusiasm for Disney Cruise Line. So just thanks for that review. It really keeps us going. With that, just thanks once again for listening. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon if you'd like to help support the show. We really, truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month. Has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402 402- 413-5590 and that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night.